Hey all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back. Welcome back, nature nerds. We are here again with some more stories. Just for you. Some amazing stories. About cats. No, (laughs) we're not talking about cats anymore, Megan. It's over. I did my one episode. We're moving on with our lives. We're moving on. It's done. The cat episode is done. I hope you guys enjoyed that kind of fluffy, (laughs) fluffy uh, story last time about cats you know cats cuddle puddle episode cat heaven island cuddle puddle we'll do you know maybe one of these days we'll do a dog episode so we can even it out yeah we'll do one on cujo (laughs) come on (laughs) um yeah so do you have any i I don't think i have any corrections from that story other than i hope you enjoyed it i don't know i have no i well it was your episode so i don't have any corrections for your episode (laughs) other than the fact that I'm still a little floored about Hello Kitty not being a cat. That's the takeaway. I've lived my whole life not knowing that. Yeah, it's actually Kitty White. Let's all remember it. She's a girl, not a cat. And she's British. And she's British. It's it's changed me in some way. You look different. Thank, well, you know, I feel different. <laughs> I feel like um, I know something that I feel like a lot of people don't know now. Yeah, no corrections um, and updates. I mean, we still, same, same. We still have our giveaway going so check it out on our website if you feel so inclined to join our patreon Mm -hmm. you're gonna get lots of cool shit lots of cool shit because the merch is coming out yeah check out our website uh there is a new page for merch go Go there there. go there do it get you some because ours is better than everybody's if you're a member of our patreon you get a discount depending on your level of membership you can get like some free stuff this is the truth so a free cat done (laughs) (laughs) we'll just send you a cat (laughs) just let us know congratulations (laughs) cool well if we don't have anything other than our regular did do and yeah updates i will uh get into the science news let's do it i want to hear it let's get her done jen yes all right so this is coming from sciencenews.org love it i still think that's so hilarious um Right on the nose. So this is about the five costliest invasive species causing billions of dollars in damage. A billions. Billions. So the reason I chose this is because it talks about cats. (laughs) We talked about this in the episode last time. We're just going full circle. Full circle. Uh, You know, cats are essentially going out especially their outdoor cats if they're Mm -hmm. not um spayed and neutered the population is going crazy we talked about those like 480 billion cats or some kind of crazy number that are just strays just strays yeah but yeah cats cost a lot of money and damages to native wildlife so we have some suggestions just this article is mostly about the different kinds of of animals that cost money invasive species so there's mosquitoes rats cats are number three mosquitoes are huge Mosqu- you also brought last episode we talked about yeah we diseases. talked about the most dangerous mm-hmm. i brought up the most dangerous creatures which we were right up there with mosquitoes right so <laughs> let's just Fail. ponder that for a moment yeah 
Uh, but yeah, mosquitoes came in number one. Rats came in number two. Cats, number three. Wow. Termites, fire ants, four and five. Brown tree snakes, which we are familiar with living in Guam. Yes. Uh, they came in at number six. Bull weevils, European gypsy moths, African bees, and new world screw worm flies. Ew. All of that sounds horrible. Don't, no, don't like any of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I just wanted to point out that your cats are on here. Number three, if you have an outdoor cat, we're not trying to judge you for that. There's um, no judgment here. No judgment. You know, it's okay. If you want your cat to go out in the garden, I put harnesses on my cats. But if you want them to go out without you, maybe put a bell on them. A I used to let my cat go outside and hang out because he would just wanted to go right around the house in the mm-hmm. garden. Yes. But yeah, you put a bell on him. It's all good. Scares whatever uh, they might eat away. Because if you remember from our our lesson in cats, they're pretty stealthy. Super stealthy. Yeah, they tiptoe around on their tippy toes. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) if, uh, if you do, actually, if you do have an outdoor cat, something that I read in an article recently was that if you feed it a high protein diet Mm -hmm. they won't go after all of those additional uh native wildlife yeah Yeah. high protein diet spay and neuter throw a bell on them done 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 good to go because you know you want your cat to be happy and Mm -hmm. you want to be happy and sometimes the only way some cats are happy is to go outside every now and then it's the truth but if you can like my cat He's totally cool inside. He's good to go. He likes to stay inside. Yeah. Nacho likes to go out sometimes, but everyone just else. meanders around your porch. But it is kind of crazy that they're number three on the list of it... most costly invasive species. Yes. Mm-hmm. And but I believe it. Interesting that brown tree snakes are number six. I would have thought they were higher, but well, but they're I guess only it's just kind of in this one area. Yeah, it's in this one area. But the fact that they made the list and they are in this one area, <laughs> yeah, is, is kind of shows you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I did. I did recently get a brown tree snake from a neighbor's yard. She had, you know, called and said, oh, I have this brown tree snake. I don't know what to do. And I was like, I'll just come get it. And I went and got it. I felt like such a badass. It's like all those years, right? I think I told you about this all those years of Mm -hmm. uh, catching snakes. And finally, I get to show off a little bit. So I go over there and I get the snake and I put it in. (laughs) I put it in a little uh, pillowcase. And I was like, yeah. She's like, wow, that was really easy. I was like, yeah. No big deal. <laughs> it's no big deal. I do Listen, this all the time. I'm a fucking professional, okay? It's not like we're out there catching black mambas, no. Right. No, this is a brown tree snake. They're it, they have that they have those venomous. back things in the back of there, so it's like not that scary. Right. And it doesn't I mean, you you might feel a little numb but, on your finger for a sec if they actually did get you, but Right. But it's real hard. So it, and it's actually currently Jen, it's in my freezer because that's the most humane way to get rid of them here. Yeah. I didn't want to machete it. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> so I was just like, put it in the freezer. My son was like, why are you doing that? I was like, it's just going to go to sleep. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Look, he's just going to sleep. He's having it's happy okay. snake dreams. But I did feel kind of like, oh, good thing I went to go get it because it was a female. And you know, here on Guam, they're super prolific. They're yes. invasive. Yeah. You know, if this were a native species, we would not kill it. <laughs> I would not put it in my freezer. Yeah. So just so everybody knows. Yeah. We don't want these things here. But more importantly, and I think a lot of the money goes into not letting them get to anywhere else. That's true. That In the Pacific. That is very true, Jen. In fact, on this graph, mm-hmm. uh, it they are the ones with the highest amount of billions of dollars put towards management. Right. Mm-hmm. So they just want to keep them from getting to other islands because they're very destructive so basically, Guam has lost almost all of its yeah. native species of birds mm-hmm. due to the brown tree snake. Yeah. And yeah. it happened in a fairly 
short, short period, period of, of time. time. Yep. Because the birds were like, hi, like, Mr. Snake, what are you? Because they didn't know. Oh, you're so cute. You're and so cute. And Snake was like, uh, you look really tasty. Baba ding, baba oh, let's do this. Ate it. Yeah. And that was it. And some of them, you know, there have been, they've been reports from people that we know talking about how the snakes will actually sit in trees and birds that fly by, let's say into caves or something, mm-hmm. that the snakes have like a, kind of adapted to being able to catch birds in midair. Shit. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. They can stretch super long mm-hmm. to climb up things. They're very... They're very uh, good climbers. They're fucking tree snakes. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're crazy. Anyway. So we murder them when we find them because yeah. that's what we're supposed to do. Interesting. You know, look it up. Guam. So yeah, that's our science news for today. Thanks, Megan. Real short. Yeah, short. But, you know, we kind of brought it back to our last episode about mm-hmm. the cats. And then we kind of brought it to Guam a little bit too. A little bit more. Yeah. So Glam. we can send you a brown tree snake. <laughs> Just Listen, kidding. I'll It'll be frozen one, dead I'll freeze if we it. do. <laughs> I'll get it taxidermied. We can do a giveaway. <laughs> we'll no do, problem. We'll do a taxidermied snake we'll, giveaway. We'll have like different sizes. <laughs> like giant. How big do you want the tree snake? Right. Yeah, I'll do some spotlighting. It's fine. Be great. <laughs> I have a long story today. I'm really excited. I hope it's interesting. But to be. me, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> it's not about cats. Um, I'm going to talk about sharks. Oh. <laughs> Everybody loves talking about sharks. Beauty, it's a fact. Beauty, beauty. Yeah. You know, like we always like to kind of start out with a little bit of um, biology of whatever species we're talking about. Learn some shit. Yeah. We're going to have a little learning corner right now about sharks, even though I feel like People always watch, like, Shark Week is such a big thing. It is. And everybody watches it, and everybody knows a lot about sharks. And I just want to back up and say that you we talked last time about that sharks didn't even make it on the deadliest They didn't. List. They didn't. But people are obsessed with them. People are obsessed with sharks because mm-hmm. there's just, you know, there's the movies, and there's just mm-hmm. so much about them, and they're so freaking scary looking. Sharks have been around forever yes i do remember 450 million years that's a lot of years jen they survive through five mass extinctions because they're hardcore they're like the cockroaches of the fish world (laughs) yeah they've been around forever but they're so misunderstood megan it's true you know it's because they have the dead eyes they are apex predators which means that they're top of the food chain. They're efficient hunters. Um, they usually target dead, sick, or injured prey. But by doing that, they kind of they keep the fish populations healthy. So in an article I read, it's like basically they're like the doctors of the ocean because they keep everything like cleaned up. That's so cute. It is cute. Can you picture them with like the little like stethoscope? Yeah. And, and little the, doctors. Coat? And that little thing that they wear on the head. Yeah. With the little reflective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They play a vital role in keeping like the food chain in check. They regulate prey species. So this is kind of like where like wolves and things, you know, like we don't, Mm -hmm. people are scared of them, but they really keep the, the ecosystem in check. I love it. So for example, if we took them out of the marine ecosystem, Mm -hmm. this is kind of interesting. The oxygen producing capabilities of phytoplankton, phytoplankton would be severely affected as there would be no predators around to keep the animals that feed on the plankton in check. Oh, wow. So it would throw everything off balance because 70% of the oxygen we breathe comes from the ocean. I don't know if you knew that. I actually did not know that. I'm almost embarrassed to say I did not know that. But at the rate it's going, if they were continue to be hunted into um, extinction, it e- would affect our lives. We would be effed. Right. I so, feel like we eff ourselves a lot, though. But, well, that's why we're also like 
right there with mosquitoes yeah yeah they're also a keystone species oh didn't know if you knew that they hold a critical because of their critical role in Mm -hmm. the ecosystem Mm -hmm. if they're completely removed we would cease to exist as we know it people they want to go swim around in the ocean and they don't want to get bit and that's why people are scared people see those rows of teeth and they're like they're like some scary shit worldwide as of 2020 Mm -hmm. there's a total of 57 convert confirmed unprovoked cases of shark attacks oh like where the shark was like i'm just gonna eat you yeah and this is lower than previous years where there were 80 incidences annually and i'm wondering if it's I don't know. Is that a COVID thing? Like people are less, you know, not going out as much, not in the waters. Oh, maybe. I kinda want, it doesn't say, but I was kind of thinking about that. Sure, because beaches were closed. Yeah. There were 13 related shark fatalities, 10 of which confirmed to be unprovoked. So the other three, I don't know, they were provoked. They're like, hey, Mr. Shark. <laughs> yeah. How do you, you just like get in and you're, you're like, stupid what are you and doing? you're ugly and I hate you. And they're like, your teeth are disgusting. And then I, yeah, they got bit. There's fluctuations annually, but they say that the spike in fatalities and long-term trends, it's a that shows a de- decreasing number in the annual fatalities for like year to based even though it varies from year to year, it's kind of slowly like decreasing. Oh, okay. The highest number of fatalities, USA. USA. <laughs> Always coming in there, number one. <laughs> so, USA had 33 total attacks, but 3 were fatal. Mm. Where people died. Australia had 18, which makes sense. Well, yeah. Because Australia. The, yeah. They got all the scary, <laughs> dangerous stuff there. You know what's funny? is I saw this thing where an Australian person, it was like, I think it was on Crap Wildlife Photography. Oh, yeah. Um, And someone was talking about something they found. And someone from Australia wrote and was like, listen, we don't have some of the shit that you guys have. Mm-hmm. like bears and like all these crazy things. But they things. have like an ant that will murder you. Right. And yeah. I'm like, that's scarier to me. Right. And like the a, spider like in your yard I'm, that you will die from. Right. For it, sure. When am I going to go? I would have to go see a grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. But that ant or that spider just lives with me. Yes. That's what makes like it so fucking scary. House. Yeah. yeah. So Australia had 18 total, but six of those ended up being fatal. Mm. And so all of these other places only had one attack. So Fiji, French Polynesia, New Caledonia, New Zealand, St. Martin, which is in the Caribbean, and right. Thailand. Those all make sense. Yeah, they do make sense. And there were like one, only one. You know, consistent with the long-term trends, the U.S. had the most, like I said, 33 cases in 2020, 20% lower than the 41 incidences that occurred in 2019. Oh, wow. Anyway, it's kind of going down. It's kind of the same thing they're seeing for, for Australia. So guess which state had the most unprovoked bites? Oh, my God. Please let it be Florida. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It is Florida. Florida, the wang. But no fatalities. Well, people in Florida are real, you know, they're made of something. They're interesting. Yeah. We love them. We love you, Florida. They they survive a lot of shit. You have alligators, so I can't live there. Oh. So. Um, And then next was Hawaii with five. Surfing, yes. Yes. California, four. Okay, makes sense. Um, North Carolina, three. And then the rest all had one. It was Alabama, Delaware, Maine, Oregon, South Carolina. Alabama. Oh, like Mobile or something? Maybe. But it said Florida's top the charts always. always. It's always had the most. It's had the it's like trended high above all the other <laughs> sure. states. Everyone's got to go to Cocoa Beach for spring you break. You go to That's Florida, why. you go all out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. anyway. 
So it kind of breaks down in where in Florida. I'm not going to go there. They say the most of the bites are related to surfing and board sports, obviously, because mm-hmm. you look like a big turtle seal or seal or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. So surfing and board sports was 61%. Swimming or wading in the water, 26%. Wait, I just what? thought of something. Because you mentioned that sharks are kind of like, you were saying that the, the, they're the doctors of the ocean and mm-hmm. then they, they take care of like injured animals or like kind of sick or dying. <laughs> so that's how we so look. basically that's how we look to them is just we're on these boards. We look like some almost dead turtle. And they're like, that poor thing. It doesn't know how Let to Let me swim. put it out of its misery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's struggling. It's struggling. <laughs> Let me just take care of Especially that. Especially me if I were on a board. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, uh, so swimming and wading, same, oh, wow. 26%. But snorkeling, free diving, body surfing, mm. or like they say, horseplay, horse air quotes, play. Sure, 5%. And scuba diving is the lowest at 4%. Because usually when you're scuba diving, They're more you're, chill. you're down yeah. low. So that, you know, because when they, it's being on the surface. They don't have that, what's that called? Uh, when it's like a negative uh, image of you? Yes. Like the, it's bl- like the reflection. Black, yeah. And they're, yeah. And also... Um, I didn't see this on here, but I've always heard it's, you know, dusk and dawn. Yeah. Or the kind of the, the... They're more busy. Yeah. And they're more busy, they're more active. And mm-hmm. yeah. So that's the kind of the statistics for getting bit or how many have been bit, which isn't that much. That's not that bad. It's not a lot. So that's why they're not on the list because right. it's pretty rare mm-hmm. to get bit by a shark. So I it's... feel like you should say that for the people in the back. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's rare. It's rare. So, which are the top five most dangerous sharks? Oh, my God. I'm definitely going to say there's a hammerhead up there on the top three. No, Megan. No, really? No, it's not. Of course, we all know the Great White is the most dangerous shark. It's recorded 314 unprovoked attacks on humans. So, this is kind of like all the stats. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's followed by the striped tiger shark. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was going to say. Yeah, those are I think they're more aggressive, right? They're yeah. like a more aggressive shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, 111 attacks. Bull sharks, 100 oh. attacks. And the black tip shark, 29 attacks. You know, oh, really? black tips, I always would swim with them yeah. when I saw them in the water. They're pretty small. But I remember, and this is when I was on the islands. Mm-hmm. And I remember the people from the islands were like, hey, hey, be careful, you know, with those. I'm like, but they're so small. And they're like, no, this guy got bit by one. And this guy got bit by one. So I don't think they can maybe murder you but they could bite you or they do bite you and they could and it could if you bled out right yeah from being bit in a certain place i mean yeah sure oh yeah we always see those little black tip like if you go to the beach you know you always see them kind of like just like roman right there super close to the the shore i spent a lot of years doing sea trailer work on this uninhabited (laughs) island and i had to basically i showered in the ocean every day Mm mm-hmm um, and then I would rinse off with like what little fresh water I had. So I was pretty salty for a long time. But <laughs> I would go. So I would always see them in the water. And I would usually just throw some rocks in the water just to make them kind of go, go away. away. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would like get in there and like real quick and then get out. <laughs> but um, but they never bothered me. Yeah. Um, I know everybody on the islands was super scared of tiger sharks. And oh, definitely sure. because I worked with sea turtles, I would see a lot of damage from sharks on sea turtles, like mm-hmm. missing flippers or maybe even like a chunk out of the shell. And tiger sharks in the area I was in anyway was the main predator for sea, sea turtles. Sea turtles. Right. And the sea turtles are huge. Yeah. So they really don't have a lot of predators, but definitely tiger sharks. That's and scary. if they can bite a sea turtle in half. You're like that. You're basically like. Not even a jelly bean. What what am I thinking of? Like a gummy bear. I'm a gummy bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Tiger sharks wouldn't 
tip they wouldn't come into the reef they would be outside the reef so that's when you need to worry is if you are snorkeling or swimming and you go outside the reef i remember one time careful i went to visit you and we swam kind of Along uh, the edge the of drop. where, the, where it yeah. drops, yeah, and and we were just like blah 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 blah, blah. and those guys came out with us, like they're trying to you know watch for sharks, and we were like we're just diving around in the they're water. Like, we have to watch these stupid girls; <laughs> they're gonna die. We were taking, and they pic- would get scared sometimes I'm out there because sure. especially because where I was, there was a lot of turtles, yeah, which is why I was there, and so of course it attracts a lot of sharks, yeah. Yeah, always be careful when you're swimming with the usual prey of a large shark. This is true. I mean, you're just putting yourself out there for <laughs> you're, you're asking like, for it. You're like, hey, here's this turtle. It's going to be really hard to bite. And but then hear there's me. me. I'm all squishy. I'm super squishy. <laughs> Let's I'm do a gummy this. bear. <laughs> so I'll talk a little about each of these sharks just real quick. Like, cool. So the white shark, great white, they've been involved in more attacks than any of the other sharks. Mm-hmm. And actually, I went to um, South so Africa yeah. and we went on a boat to see and I saw great white in real life in person did you shit your pants that would have been embarrassing there was a lot of people there and i was on a boat it would have been like hey uh, i'm gonna need to hang off the edge of the boat <laughs> it's great white can i just go over here <laughs> no but it was it was pretty cool i mean just to see one and, they, and they're like and it was a small one and it was still scary and huge and all that stuff yeah and these were in south africa this was like the main guy who i'm pretty sure he's been on shark week who does he has like the cage oh you can do cage dives and, and go down and see yeah. them and they will like chum for them and stuff Ooh. i know but i was like nope nope i'm good it's good like to- why would you mm, yeah yeah i could see chumming for like rays well, and it was also over Eagle where there was or? like all those brown seals. Remember I told oh, you it was yeah, all stinky? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where all the sharks were around in there. It's all like, this is our food But supply. it was really fun, I have to tell you. It was <laughs> super cool. I was very happy we did that. Great White's fossils date back to the Eocene eras. So like 56 to 34 million years ago. Millions and millions beyond our our brains can stretch that far Capacity. to think about it just long, yeah. long fucking time ago. <laughs> Mature males can get to about 10 and a half feet and females 14 feet. Oh, so the females the are, are like, bigger. They're like, what's up? I like those species where the ladies are bigger. They're like, listen here, little Dominating. guy. <laughs> <laughs> so they're active during the daytime hours. They feed on marine mammals. They don't like seabirds or sea otters. Oh, so, well, I, I feel like everyone like snack. should, honestly, everyone should be afraid of sea otters. They're friggin' horrible. Yeah. They're horrible. Sea otters? You don't know about sea otters? Jane? I don't. Is that another episode? It's definitely another episode. All right. I think they're cute. So it's thought that they only attack humans when they mistake them from their silhouettes, like sure. you were saying earlier. When you have too much blubber. Yeah. And another <laughs> theory is that they attack, and I think this is for other species as well, mm-hmm. they attack um, unfamiliar objects. They like, it's a test. Oh, to see what you are. When I was researching this, you know, like you'll type something in like sharks attacking humans and then all this random stuff will come up like yes. suggestions yes one was like if they attack when you're on your period <laughs> oh my god i have to tell you i didn't look it up but i know they are attracted to blood but, but i feel like when you're period, in the water it doesn't really but, and it's different but period blood is different i, I mean i don't know it, it's gotta be yeah it's i just my- think that for my own sanity i think that and a lot of times when you're swimming it mm-hmm. stops that's this is very true. So 
just for those of you who don't have periods, that's yeah. something that happens. It's true. But as soon as you step out of the water, <laughs> it's just like, but <laughs> anyway, that's a fun so, topic. Yeah. We won't go any further into that. But you know what? That's life and it's biology and it you happens. It. So deal with it. There's lots of ladies in the world. Yes. And we're bigger and we're stronger. <laughs> anyway, it's a slow growing animal with very low fertility rates. Oh. So it's considered at risk of overfishing. So People fish? The great white? I don't know if they fish it or if it gets caught in nets. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Like damaged or Damaged, whatever. yeah. Tiger sharks, number two behind white sharks because of the reported number of attacks. Mm-hmm. They're large and voracious. A formidable ocean predator. That's a really good word for them. Formidable. Formidable. Yeah. Surfers and swimmers need to know that tiger sharks tend to be both curious and aggressive when they spot humans in the water. That's a really bad combination. If you know, <laughs> curious and aggressive. <laughs> curious and aggressive for a predator. I mean, it's bad for us. Probably for them, it's not that bad. So another one I don't think it was on my original list was the mako. So the mako is the one that has all those crazy teeth that like, bleh, that like oh, jet yeah. out everywhere. Yeah. Maybe somebody did make fun of them, and they were like, "F you! This is how God made me with my teeth." <laughs> is is there a mako in Finding Nemo when they have the little shark meeting? I, There's like yes, one. Yes. One of the sharks has his teeth like everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Fish are our friends. Oh my god, I love that part. That's such a great movie. In more than a few cases, they also blame human error as fishermen have been known to get injured after dragging hooked makos into their boats because their teeth are kind of sticking out everywhere. <laughs> so those could be like reported as being injured by mako, but not. Right, right, right. Not Like that is your fault. That's, yeah. That sounds So there's, there's believed to be the fastest of any shark. They can swim up to 20 miles per hour. Dang. Yeah. They tend, before they're going to attack, so just so you know, FYI, mm-hmm. if they're swimming in a figure eight pattern and they're approaching you with their mouth open, <laughs> that's when you need to get the, and don't even, you know, just be like, well, fuck, because it's not like you're going to outswim them. Right. It's, I mean, at what point will you even be able to see them swimming in a figure eight? <laughs> they're just coming straight. <laughs> yeah. You're just um, like, God damn it. I guess I'm just, that's it. All right. There's going to be a lot of teeth going in me right now. I mean, that's when you start to try to remember all the things that people told you. Like, <laughs> do I punch into the mouth? Do I hit it on top of the head? Do I slap or, the water? Like, do I what? lay, do I pretend like I'm dead? <laughs> do I play dead? I don't right? know. Right? I feel like you just get eaten faster. Yeah, it's just no good. The problem um, for these guys is that they're extremely popular for their fins. Oh, are they? So the shark fin soup. Right. They're one of the faves. We'll talk about that later. So they're considered near threatened. This is the one that I'm scared of, and I'm going to go into it later. Why? But the oceanic white tip. They're usually the first to arrive when a ship crashes, (laughs) especially during wartime. Bastards. Yes. They're blamed for many fatalities relating to sinking of ships. One um, in particular Nova Sco- in Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia off the coast of South Africa during World War II. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go into a story about that later. But they are um, opportunistic feeders. That is like uh, in Jaws when he sings that creepy ass song. I will talk about that. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. They're opportunistic Bold and unpredictable. Another wow. bad combo. <laughs> That's a bad... Wow. Yeah. They just sound like every bad ex-boyfriend I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just saying they should be treated with extreme caution. Again. Again. <laughs> just... and But usually, again, they're out in open water. Right. Like the movie Open Water. We oh, talked about gotcha. that before. Good yes. grief. Okay. So I'm also... Um, lastly, I'm just going to talk about the bull shark. 
Okay. They don't get as many headlines, but they're probably the, the, in some of the things I read, they are actually the most dangerous. They've only, and I think the reason they didn't reach number one is because they don't have as many um, attacks listed, unprovoked Mm -hmm. attacks. There's only 69 on humans um, that they've tallied. Sure. But researchers say that it should, it may be higher, but it's sometimes it's hard to tell. They're not easily identifiable markings, like when somebody is attacked. Okay, so wait, they're like the criminal masterminds of the shark world. That's right. Forensically, they're just like... They're like, try and catch me. Getting in and out of there and then, you know... Murder, murder, murder. (laughs) See you guys later. Bite, bite, (laughs) bite. So unlike other sharks, they are known to swim in fresh water. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So... They can be in big rivers, right? Can they? Yeah, they can go in brackish or fresh waters. Right. So that's what kind of makes them different and a little more scary because they can be in places where you wouldn't expect a shark to be. Right. And that leads us to my story. Is it about Sharknado? No. It is about some deaths that occurred in New Jersey in 1916. Oh, what? Yes. First, before I get into it. Jersey. (laughs) Before I get into Jersey Shore, which is... Megan's family. I'm so excited. Yeah. So I'm going to um, talk about Jaws. I love it. Because this story that I'm going to tell, they say that the story, so the original book released mm-hmm. by Peter Benchley in 1974, Jaws, yes. was, they said it was based off that. He said, no, it's not, but it's eerily similar. Sure. Well, yeah, because it's a coastal town in where, like Boston? somewhere so, like, somewhere Maine on the east coast or, yeah uh i can't i don't know if i wrote it down but it's it's like a made-up town like amity yeah, yeah yeah i didn't see this when it first came out because i was an infant or i don't even know if i was born yet but the no i was by the time it was released when i remember i told you i worked at a video store in the yes. early 90s with the vhs i'm sure many of you who remember going to video stores some of our youngins may not but we had, there was always the TV in the corner that was always playing yes. something. Yes. And that was my favorite part was choosing what to play. And Jaws was one of my favorite things to play because every time I put it in, people would stand there and watch. And we even had like a few little chairs and like to sit around. Yeah. People would sit or stand and watch the entire movie. Because it's so freaking crazy. It's so good. And it's so crazy. Roy and I, Schneider. And I love it because it's like, it was released in 1975. I mean, it's an old movie, but it's still like, it's still good. Yeah. And so any of you who are younger and who haven't seen Jaws, mm-hmm. just do it. I had... It's a, a it's a classic. It is so good. I had a boyfriend in high school who loved that movie and knew every word of it, including that creepy ass song that I'm sure you're going to talk about. And, you know, it's a great movie, but at the same time, it really put sharks in a very bad light. This is the truth. I mean, great movie, but it m- may not have helped the sharks as a species. Kind of like Piranha. Piranha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have anything good to say about Piranha. Well, they eat dead things. They, they don't do. eat live things. I know, so. but mm-hmm. I'm just, they're scary. Yeah. There's something about like being, you know, like one shark being around and like biting you versus like a bazillion piranha, like eating you with multiple little bites. Well, yeah, but I mean, you would have to be dead first. Oh. I don't know. In the movie, it wasn't like that. Well, exactly. It's it's a mis- it's 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 um not correct, Jen. I Can we do an episode on piranhas? On piranhas? Yes. Yeah. There's a uh, there's actually this guy on t- side note. This guy on TikTok who <laughs> our show is has, all about side notes. <laughs> it is. Uh, who has he keeps piranha, and in I don't know if he has like an aquarium or I don't. Anyway, he has them, and he will demonstrate that they he puts his hand in, 
mm-hmm. the piranha are like, nope. And then he puts in like a chicken uh, nugget leg or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. not everybody can have them. Right. But yeah, we should do a whole nother thing on that. Yeah, I feel like piranha would be good for people who are like in the mob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but you know, I mean, you shouldn't worry. Well, it kind of makes me think of um, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, with the shark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he thought it, he, he was trying to see if the dolphin was in there. Yes, and it was. <laughs> this is classic. Good I love that movie. So Steven Spielberg, this was his big directorial debut. It was. So it was filmed at Martha's Vineyard. It was supposed to take fifty-five days. But it took 159 days. And I've watched a documentary on the making of Jaws. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg, like, I think he still has, like, anxiety dreams about it. (laughs) Because he was just like, he said, this is a quote, I thought my career as a filmmaker was over because he thought it was just, it was kind of a disaster. Like, they had a storm. Mm -hmm. There was, like, so many problems. Like, their camera gear kept getting wet. Like, things wouldn't work. It was just crazy. Interesting things about the movie. One is, um, you remember when Roy Schreider, who played the sheriff, Schne- um, Schneider or sh- what, what was it? Schneider, Did oh, I say right. Schneider? I think earlier Sorry. I said Sh- Schreider. I don't know. I might have mentioned it. anyway. Okay. No, yeah, Roy Schreider played the sheriff. Yes, who was you know helping? The, you remember this when he said you're going to need a bigger boat? Yeah, we all remember that. Yes, he made that up the day of the shooting. Oh God, I that love wasn't lines scripted. Like that. Yeah, it was like in the famous. And That's then like, uh, Han Solo. That's like uh, when Harrison Ford. Harris, thank you. Harrison Ford said, "Wasn't it right before he went into the thing?" It's like, anyway, he got right. frozen. Yeah, I don't he know. Said like she's like, "I love you," and he's like, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> I swear that was like that might have been ad libbed. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Harrison Ford's awesome. Now we're getting to your scene. So by far one of the best scenes. Yeah is the Robert Shaw, who plays the boat captain. Yes. He delivers this monologue about surviving the USS Indianapolis. Yes. It's so intense. I feel I feel a little bit of like pre-goosebumps right now. And it was it also ended up being Spielberg's favorite part of the movie. Oh nice. And I'm not sure that I don't think it was originally part of the book. They wanted to make it so that he really had an, an inner reason for wanting to catch that this shark. shark. Like a like some kind of motivation, like a motivation like, or yeah. vengeance or something. And and this story of the USS Indianapolis is mm-hmm. hundred is hundred percent true. And although in 1945 during World War II it was you know in the newspapers, but the story itself didn't really resonate with people until this movie. Oh wow! You know, like they didn't really think um, about it. Think you know or know about it. Right. So I'm going to just talk about it real quick because yes. it is so insane. And talk about, you know, my last episode was about, a, you know, World War II. Yes. This story isn't about it, but this particular part is. But it's just like, man, some of the things like servicemen and women have been through. It's are crazy. insane. I mean, this is a whole episode by itself, but we're I'm going to talk about it. Here. Yeah. So the USS Indianapolis launched in 1931. And it was like the pride, the sh- you know, the the best ship in the U.S. Navy. It was a flagship for the Fifth Fleet during the heart of World War II in 1943 and 44. And my grandpa was on ships during that time, which always makes me think like, oh, oh. my God, thank you. Because he was in the Pacific. It was in Saipan. Oh my it God. was around here. Yeah. But on July 30th, 1945, the ship was tasked with delivering the nuclear bomb that they would use in Hiroshima. So it secretly entered the waters outside of the island of Tinian, which we oh, know well. We know about Tinian. Um, and it was in the middle of the summer. It had a crew of uh, 1,195 men. They delivered the bomb. 
Afterwards, in the middle of the night, while they were en route to the Philippines, they were struck by a Japanese um, submarine, a torpedo from a oh, Japanese submarine. Wow. So they said this 610-foot-long ship took 12 minutes to sink. So I think it got hit twice. Jeez, that's fast. It's real fast. So the first one rattled it. And I'm going to, I read this article by a World War II veteran that was survived. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's so crazy. They didn't have any sonar to detect the submarines. Mm-hmm. And this, the captain of the ship at the time was Charles McVeigh. And he had requested an escort, but the Navy was like, nope, you're fine. Imagine they just delivered that. Because they're like a flagship. It's like you never want to be the best ship. You know what I mean? (laughs) I would rather be on the shittiest ship. Exactly. Because you're probably going to survive. The U.S. Navy also failed to pass on information that Japanese submarines were still in the area. Get the fuck out. And later this will make you mad because it's really irritating when they sunk in the middle of the pacific ocean it was alone no one knew about it nobody was coming to the rescue um and they had sent several sos signals before it sank but somehow they just weren't taken seriously what yeah nor was much notice taken when it failed to arrive on time shut the front door come on guys you know military time is about like you're early and that's on time yes you know if you're on time you're late Fail, fail, fail. 300 men were estimated to have died on impact. Oh, wow. So another 800 were overboard. This is from, um, he was 19 years old at the time. His name's Lowell Dean Cox. And I'm kind of reading some of his stuff. And I have the link to this article. It's from 2013. So he was in his 80s at this time. And he was saying that um, after we sunk at midnight on the first morning, he saw a 15 foot long shark. He said they were continually there, mostly feeding on dead bodies, thank goodness. And he said there were a lot of dead bodies floating in the area. Yeah. But after they kind of finished that, because they were there for days floating with life jackets that were only supposed to last for three days. But after that, they started coming for living people. He said, we were losing three or four each night and day. And we were, they were constantly in fear because they would see them all the time. You would see fins and you'd see like two dozen fins. And of course, as soon as they get one person, there's blood. There'd be more sharks sharks coming to attack. He's like, you would feel it bump or bump you a few times and you never knew when they were going to attack. Can you imagine? He could feel the shark bumping him. him. Yes. Some of the men would pound the water, kick and yell when the sharks attack. But most of them, they tried to stick together and be close together because they figured that was their best defense. With each attack, there was like clouds of blood, screaming, splashing, then more sharks would come. Jesus. Can you imagine? And they were saying where the water, where they were, the water was clear. So they could see every, they could see them circling. They could see them. He said at one point, they took a, a sailor that was right next to him and just pulled it straight down. Pulled the guy straight down. That's a freaking nightmare. It's a nightmare. And now you can see how like it's so like in the movie, that whole bit was, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. They were also under like scorching sun because it was in the middle of summer. Right. In the Pacific. We know it's hot. Day after day, no food, no water. So they were, a lot of men were dying from exposure and dehydration. Mm-hmm. Some of them started to hallucinate and they would just drink the water. Oh, no. And then die. Or they just died from just straight up exhaustion. He said you could they could barely keep their face out of the water because the life preserver wasn't supposed to last that long. The wa- life preservers themselves were getting waterlogged. They had blisters all over their shoulders and back. 
Oh my God. And it was so hot that they said they would pray for the dark. And when it got dark, they would pray for the light because it was super cold at night, like their teeth would shatter. You know, it was just like this nightmare for five days. So on the fourth day, there was a Navy plane that flew over and spotted them. By then, in his group, there was fewer than 10 because they were kind of clustered around. Uh Uh-huh. They thought initially that they were missed by the planes. Can you imagine, you know, just being out there and you think it's like you're just effed? That's like Julianne Cope. Yeah. Hearing the planes. But not being able to, because she was in the dense forest. Right before sunset, a large seaplane appeared and changed direction and flew right to them. They basically, and then all these ships, you know, started coming. And it wasn't safe because they were still in waters that were, you know, had Japanese submarines around they basically came and he said this guy said you know it was the happiest day of my life of course the captain actually survived he was one of the survivors he just remembers being pulled out and in the end after five days in the water 317 of the original 1195 crew were rescued a lot of them never talked about it like they did in world war ii So looking for a scapegoat, of course, the Navy placed all responsibility for the disaster on Captain McVeigh, Mm. and he did survive. For years, he received hate mail, and in 1968, he took his own life. Oh, my God. Isn't that just terrible? So the surviving crew, including this man, um, Cox, he campaigned for decades to have the captain exonerated because they knew it wasn't his fault. Right. And and finally he was, but it was like 50 years afterwards and too late because he had already he, he, he killed himself. Yeah. That's fucked up. It is fucked up. He can only rely on the intelligence that's given to him. Well, he asked for assistance. Right. And, and when they didn't show up, what? It's like no big deal. Like they just delivered a nuclear bomb. Hello. This guy said for weeks he was in the hospital. He His hair, fingernails and toenails all came off. Oh, my God. Because he was like pickled and he still has scars from that but more so he dreams he says i dream every night it may not be out in the water but i'm frantically trying to find my buddies that's part of the legacy i have anxiety every day especially at night but i'm living with it sleeping with it and getting by oh my god and this is what he said when he was 80 i wish you could go back in time and give people like the mental health yes especially world war ii and previous you know i mean i think it started to really show when you know veterans were coming back from vietnam and it was like you can't you can't hide this anymore people but you know i was listening to this whole episode on lobotomies and they were saying that we're giving lobotomies back then to world war ii vets jesus yeah that's all for that story and i know it's really sad but it's just crazy you're not gonna sing the song for us (laughs) no You can always pull it up and we can throw it in at the end. (laughs) So now let's get back, Megan, to the Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. What, what? Did you ever watch any of those? Okay, let me just tell you right now, Jen, I have actually watched every season of Jersey Shore, including Uh, the one where they go to Italy. Okay, I've never watched it. Um, So I have like a sick fascination when it comes to reality TV. And I think it's because MTV, when they started doing The Real World. Yeah, I did watch... The very beginning. Yeah, I got a little bit kind of like it it is It's like a sick fascination. I I wasn't going to watch Jersey Shore for the longest. I was like, I'm not going to watch this. So stupid. But then (laughs) like something in me was like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'm going to watch it. So I did. And I watched, like I said, every season, the ones where they go to Miami for spring break. Right. They go to friggin Italy. I mean, they're obnoxious. Yeah, I I couldn't do it. And you know this about me, but I did a DNA test, right, for Ancestry and found out that my dad is 
100% Italian. 100% Italian. And he lives in the Jersey Shore <laughs> area. That's why. That's and why you were drawn to it. What's crazy is that there's like this... Okay, so uh, the situation is like the oldest of the Jersey Shore peoples. And he would walk on the boardwalk. And my dad would be in the Italian-American club booth. They would be like raffling a, a Cadillac. <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> He actually talked to the situation and I, I think about it now and I'm like, I wonder if he's like in an episode someplace. And I like was watching it. Maybe that's what draw like drew me to anyway. So Maybe you need to go back and watch them all again. I should. I have never been a partier. You know this about me. I go to bed yeah. early. Even when we would go out to drink, I would Hardly be like, drinks. I gotta go. I'm gonna have this one drink and then I'm gonna get in the taxi. I gotta go home. Yeah. So when I watch them, I'm just like, how do these people have that kind of energy? <laughs> I don't even know. How are they surviving? Anyway. No, to- I never, I mean, I kind of, I've seen bits you know like those people and mm-hmm. whatevers but i what's the girl that what's her snooki snooki yeah i don't know any of it i i think for a lot of years i was not watching any tv i mean because i was not somewhere where there was tv or anything yeah and so i just never i just missed there's like basically like 10 years of my life that i just missed mm-hmm. all the things so i have no idea what's going on i will say one thing for the jersey short like the show is it, it really focuses <laughs> I, this is gonna sound so random. It really focuses on self care. Really, in a weird way, because they tan gym. <laughs> and so, they super like they go tan. to the salon. Yeah, like everything is about um, taking care of your outer appearance, and even to some is that extent, self-care? in some ways. Okay. I mean, they I mean, feel good about that. I will say they all feel very good about themselves. The level of confidence that are coming are we off sure? Of these people, are we sure that that is the case? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. The level, I'm telling you. Well, I mean, you know, that's a way to yeah. spin it to a positive. Sure. Well, I'm going to take you back to way before these those people were alive. Sure. Yeah. To like their grandparents' day. That I, I don't it. think her, their grandparents were anything like that. Probably not. I don't think so. We're going back to 1916. So I'd, it's over 100 years ago now. That would have been six years after my grandfather, who was 10 at the time, came over from Italy. Wow. That's amazing. I know. That is so cool. So this is, yeah, this is like 105 years ago. So 1916, um, it was a real hot summer. It was a cruel summer. (laughs) Thousands, apparently, had flocked to the Jersey Shore beaches because of this heat wave. It was the 4th of July holiday. Hey. Oh, yeah. And that's Megan's birthday. That's my birthday. Yeah. Born on the 4th of July. So this was a, a guy from Philadelphia, Charles Van Sant. He was... They were holidaying. His name is Van Sant. V-A-N-S-A-N-T. Like the Van Sants? Like the, you're talking about? No. Oh, okay. Who who are, no, tell me. Musicians. Oh, I don't know. No? Okay. I'm sorry. No. That's fine. Anyway, Charles Van Sant. I don't know if any relation to what you're thinking of, but they were having, so he was there with his dad and his sister. They went to Beach Haven, Long Beach Island. He was like, I'm going to go for an early evening swim don't ever go for an early evening swim yeah unless you're just gonna splash around right in the waters like unless you're gonna go in a pool yeah and this was outside where they were staying at the ingleside hotel according to reports at the time because it's all reports because it's 1916 (laughs) they didn't have the internet no internet the beachgoers actually saw a large fin emerge from the water near charles nope and they're all like uh excuse me sir (laughs) hark (laughs) i think There's something in the water. You should probably get out. But he was pretty far out. They tried to get his attention. 
to warn him because they saw it like circling around nightmare his sister's on the beach too i i don't know if the dad was there but did say the sister witnessed this whole thing did i say he was 24 years old he's young so is he he wearing one of those like oh uh, like the one piece (laughs) (laughs) with like the blue line on the leg or like the bloomer yeah yeah probably I like to think so. Well, it's 1916. Come on. Yeah, for sure. All of a sudden, he was yanked underwater, Mm. screaming for help as the shark had clamped down on his legs. So a lifeguard managed to get him to shore. Lifeguards are the unsung heroes, all right? Yes. And I was listening to some episode of some podcast, and I can't remember what, but they were talking about lifeguards. Oh, maybe it was my favorite murder. Maybe it's somebody that wrote in. Yeah. And they were talking about how like all lifeguards are like 15 or 16 years old. <laughs> and they have like, this huge responsibility huge. for like saving people's lives. It's like yeah. way to go, society. When Put I that li- kind of pressure on these lifeguards. When I lived in Hawaii, our back door, because you know, like uh, the houses are on these like big, there's usually like, two houses per lot. Mm-hmm. like ohana style living my landlady's brother lived behind us and he is a professional i don't know maybe he's retired now he was a professional lifeguard in hawaii and it's like a beach lifeguard that's and people a, he's like uber respected by yeah, surfers that's a and big thing that's a huge thing yeah and they and but that's can like you Baywatch. imagine right <laughs> can you imagine like yeah you're some kid lifeguarding on the beach and this guy's getting dragged and you have to jump into the water and go to the shark yeah. Like everyone else is swimming away from the shark. And I feel like, you know, back then they didn't have like uh, jet skis or something that they <laughs> right. could jump on and try and get out there. Like they were they just... They have like a plastic buoy like running. Yeah. That. Well, yeah. they might have had those round ones That's and he true. ran out. But anyway, so this very heroic lifeguard manages to get him back on the shore. And the witnesses were saying that the shark were following them to Jesus. the shoreline. Nope. He's bleeding for f- profusely. They carried him to the hotel. Um, They tried first aid, but basically the majority of the flesh was missing from one of his legs and it had hit his femoral artery. Oh, yeah. His dad was a doctor, was there, tried to save him. They couldn't save him and he died. That's so sad. Yep. So he was the first recorded shark attack death in the U.S. Oh, wow. Jersey Shore. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it happened before this, but it's sure. the first recorded. Maybe they wrote it down at some point in history, but it just didn't make it. At that time, though, no one was clear what had attacked him. So let me just say that I read a lot. And prior to this event, people mm-hmm. did not think that sharks attacked. They were not scared of sharks. They didn't think that they would bother you ever. Like people didn't worry about it. What is that like? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Go back 105 years uh-huh. where people weren't scared of sharks. Where they were just like, oh, it's a shark. It's cool. Yeah. They just thought they will never bother people. They just eat other fish. They were not, they, they just didn't think they were dangerous. And recreational swimming was like, n- no one gave a thought of it. I wish that somehow I could have had that in my life at some point. That my, innocence. You know, my grandfather, I would swim in a pool. I was on a swim team mm-hmm. and I would visit them in Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would swim. I had to do laps. And I remember being in the pool alone and he told me, you know, that Jaws lives in the vents, you know? My like, God. It was, it was horrible. It was horrible. From that day on, Jen, to this day, to this day, I don't swim in pools by myself. If there's no one else in the pool, I won't get in. That's very Ace Ventura pet detective thinking. Is it going to be in a pool? Because what I think in like my weird kid mind that's still existing in my brain, it's like, well, if there's another person in the pool, I probably could beat them out of the water 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Way to go. Save yourself. So at the time, everybody was like, they didn't know what it was or they Mm -hmm. didn't believe it. Or so the, the story only appeared in like this really small section of the paper. So what did they think? happened it was on page 18 of the new york times oh my god hidden away did he just like did they think he just like scraped his leg they didn't know i'll get to that some theories but there were reports of large from fishermen of large sharks um lurking around the new jersey coast Mm -hmm. but they didn't take it seriously beaches stayed open Okay, this is what somebody wrote up it was the the state fish commissioner of pennsylvania um he wrote in a public ledger, despite the death of Charles Van Sant and the report of two sharks having been caught in the vicinity recently, I do not believe there is any reason why people should hesitate to go swimming at the beaches for fear of man-eaters. Doesn't this kind of make you think of Jaws? Yes. Remember? Because they were like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Just go. It's a 4th of July weekend. Right. Five days later. Oh, and it was a bicentennial in Jaws, wasn't it? Weren't they mm-hmm. celebrating the bicentennial? There was something they were celebrating that they'd put a lot of money in. Yeah. It was like a, op- like a grand opening of some, something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I need to go back and watch it. So five days later on July 6th, another Charles. I think sharks just want to eat Charles. <laughs> don't name your kid Charles. <laughs> so if you're Charles, don't, just don't go swimming. So this guy, Charles Bruder, was 27, and he was a bellhop at a local hotel. And he just went for a swim during his lunch break. Oh, that's so cute. It is. He was um, a lunch break. He was working at the at the Essex Hotel in Spring Lake. And this was like 52 miles north of the first attack. But we're still in the ocean here. This was something he always did. You know, it was super hot. He's like, I'm going to go swimming. But he went way past the roped swimming lines. Okay. They put the ropes there for I a reason. Megan's shaking her head. Just. Come on, man. follow the rules. He went out like 400 feet. He went out real far. Dang. And that is when a shark latched latched onto his abdomen and tried to pull him under. Well, I feel like that's when you're over with. It's like if they get get a limb, you're like, cool, I'll just be limbless. I can probably make it out of here. Yeah, yeah. With like maybe a partial limb, but like, but like abdomen? Yeah. Fuck no. You're screwed. Just give up. So a woman on shore apparently heard him screaming and called more lifeguards. And they got in a boat this time. Oh, that's They're like, smart. fuck that. Well, he was pretty far out. And yeah. they tried to go save him. He was able to pull himself onto the lifeboat. But both of his legs were missing from the knees down. No. <laughs> no. Yes. I could never be an EMT, a lifeguard, a doctor, a surgeon. None of that. I would no, just pass God out. God bless you people out there that Jesus. can do that. Because I couldn't do it either. Mm-mm. So obviously he lost consciousness because he lost so much blood was just like gushing out there was a doctor nearby when they got him to shore they tried to help him but no he died there on the beach the doctor's just like holding a belt like i think i can make the bleeding stop he's like i i don't know what to do here because imagine (laughs) if he already got bit in the abdomen and then his legs are gone despite this being the second attack in less than a week the authorities still drummed it up as an unfortunate coincidence so there was this guy who was the assistant at the time, assistant curator of the Department of Recent Fishes at the museum. Interesting name. And he actually examined the body of Charles Bruder, the bellhop. He said it was likely an orca or killer whale that had killed him, but not a shark. And they did not believe a prominent ichthyologist, which is a fish scientist, by the way, <laughs> did not believe that a shark could kill a human. But listen to this. This is even better. And I'm going right. to talk about this more later because right. it's such a funny theory. But some even suggested it was a massive sea turtle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Or a school of sea turtles. A school of sea, just just hungry. Yeah. They're just so hungry for something that they would 
never eat. Needless to say, scientists at the time had a, a loose, bag. loose grasp on shark behavior. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. The oh, sea turtle. wow. The sea turtle. Yeah. I, you know I'm going to talk about that later. That's funny. So as these two attacks gained national media, swimmers were still cautiously but still swimming in new jersey waterways because it was so freaking hot and they're just like whatever and they're not like they're not like on you know instagram or facebook like getting the message so maybe right. you know they're seeing whatever's in the news and they're on, like on twitter they're like oh pacha let's go so <laughs> so some of the hotel bookings and you know you know went down there was cancellations but for the mm. most part um they also um some of the resorts hired men with guns to patrol the beaches i'm sorry they put up like just on the shore yeah so they could just shoot at whatever from the shore that's when you don't want to be that kid playing a joke with the (laughs) fin on your back (laughs) you're like nee nee well i guess at that time they didn't have that sound right yeah yeah and they also put these wire nets in the water to keep the sharks out whether it was like shark sightings like spiked whether it was real or not real well, people like, are just yeah they're like, just scared so every little thing was a shark you know like they were there were patrol boats everywhere with men i mean everybody was just like okay we're gonna find we're gonna find and kill whatever did this but people were still going in the water and now and they did kill a bunch of sharks like hundreds of sharks were killed but That's they would up. cut them open and there were no human remains inside so. right so poor sharks they're just out there on boats with like pitchforks and and uh torches exactly it was just like angry mob style while all this focus in these you know angry mobs were focused on the beaches and you know in the areas where the the attacks had happened it actually the next cases would move to this fresh freshwater creek at Matawan which is, oh, I'll tell you in a second. But it's basically a fresh water, fresh water, I can't say fresh water. Fresh water way. Oh, fresh water. It's fresh water <laughs> tidal inlet. That was usually oh. a place where people like to swim. And this was, there had been like a few weeks of no attacks. So Matawan is a small borough in Monmouth County, New Jersey. It's part of the New York metropolitan area. And as of a 2010 census, it's about 8,000 people. Although I think more recently, it's like around, it's like eight to 9,000 people. So small community. Yeah. It is also, just so you know, the home of Doug Emhoff, the first second gentleman of the United States, married to Vice President Kamala Harris. Shut the front door. Yeah. He lived there during his, like as a child from like when he was like five to 17 and then they moved to California. That's cool. Just throw that in there. So on on July 12th, so it's been since the 6th, right? Since the last one. So now we're on July 12th. 11-year-old factory worker. (laughs) I have to pause there because I'm like, this 1916, man. You're rough. Wait, how old again? 11. Oh, no. Yeah. It's like our kids' age. Anyway. Yeah. 11-year-old factory worker, Lester Stillwell. Well, I feel like now I should just tell my son, like, look at this kid, 11 years old. Yeah. Working in a factory? You can't yeah. walk and go get the mail? Exactly. Give me a break. We should we should start using these. I, just pulling up historical yes. facts and using I'm, it against our children. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. That's what this podcast is for. <laughs> okay, so Lester still he got off work early and he met some friends. <laughs> Wyckoff Doc, W Y C K O F F, whatever. Wyckoff, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> whatever. A doc, cool, called Wyckoff to go swimming. He got let off early from the factory. <laughs> Lester, God love him. 
he got that 59 minutes early. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. So he goes down. One of his friends was fishing. He's like, hey, let's go swimming. So this is 28 miles north of Spring Lake. So where the last one was and way inland. So this is like freshwater, brackish kind of freshwater. Mm -hmm. Um, So 28 miles north of the first attacks. So he also brought his dog, which is cute. So they all went swimming and it's, they all like went like butt naked swimming, which I think is kind of cute because back then, like, yeah, you know, well, he he probably didn't have a lot of clothes. I was going to say he's a factory worker. He probably doesn't have one of those spiffy suits. No. And they're kids. They're just like, whatever. It's just us. So they, he jumps in and his friend thought they spotted an old black weathered log in the water floating nearby. And one of the boys actually got bumped. By the log? By the log. And when they were, he was about to say something to Lester, Lester was like, hey, guys, watch me float on my back. And that is when a large fin emerged and something grabbed him, Lester, and pulled him under. No. They basically said it was like when a dog would grab like a rat and shake it or something. Like yep. I that. can see it in my head. Yeah. It was like that. So the boys were like, fuck. <laughs> so they jumped out, buck naked, covered in mud. Yeah, what do you what do you say in 1916? Golly gee. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I think they, would just, they yeah. would just say fuck. Whatever was the word back then, they said it. The worst word there was in 1916, <laughs> they said it. They said it. And they ran, covered in mud, naked, which I just think is... It's not funny because it's so scary for them, but it's kind of funny. And they ran towards town and there was this local tailor. His name was Watson Fisher. And he went back with them. And he, this guy, this poor guy, bless this man, heroically jumps in to save Lester because Lester actually had epilepsy and they thought maybe he had had a seizure. That's crazy. And so they thought, well, he had a seizure and he's drowning. So he jumped in to get him. But when he got over to the the boy, he was dead. He saw the shark and he started hitting it. The shark bit his right leg and ripped op- ripped it open from hip to knee. Jesus. So he was able to get back to the shore. Some people were there. Everybody's like rushing there, right? You know, because these kids like called everybody. And this was the nice guy that tried to jump in and help this kid. Mm-hmm. He couldn't pull the the boy back they just were able to get him back to the shore he's bleeding profusely the closest hospital is 30 miles away that doesn't look good they put him on a train megan (laughs) (laughs) they put him on a train but was that the fastest thing? <laughs> it was the fastest thing they had. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't, anyway, like, I don't they, mean to laugh because I know it's just so sad. they it's put like, him on a train they're like godspeed and it's like it's like the roads, the roads, they said, because the roads were too bumpy and like to take him on like horse and care. I don't know. It would have taken too long. Even they had some old like car. I, I'm not sure. Anyway, the train was the best, but on the train, he bled to death and he died. Well, obviously. Because yeah. it's like 1916, man, working at factories and going on trains and bleeding to death. It wasn't, wasn't an easy life. So now like everybody's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like all the town is there because it's a small town. Little did they know that just down like 30 minutes later, just a mile and a half north of that creek, there was another kid, uh, two brothers, Joseph Dunn, and I don't think I wrote down his brother's name, but they were at Cliffwood Beach. The news from Matawan hadn't reached there yet. This kid was 14 and him and his, yeah, like I said, him and his brother were, were swimming. He's a factory manager. 
He's the manager. He's the supervisor. And they went Shift swimming. And there was a local fisherman who heard about the, the shark, you know, warning. It came in on his radio. Mm-hmm. He went to yell at them to get to shore. And so actually they started swimming frantically to get out of the water when a shark latched onto his left leg and pulled him under. Jesus. This is insane, right? This is crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's like literally like Sharknado. <laughs> this like one shark ate someone and yeah. was like, that was freaking tasty went over to the other sharks and was like hey you guys listen so one thing about that with poor lester is that the the shark was actually like continued to feed on him which isn't normal usually the, sharks bite realize that it's not what they want like and gross peace out. Yeah. yeah his brother and his friend fought with the shark and they managed to get him free but his leg was like stripped like to the bone they pulled him up joseph was able to get to a hospital Oh, they had to amputate his leg, but he was okay. He, he survived. survived. He's the only survivor. It's insane, right? A few days before the the attacks, some fishermen had reported seeing an eight to ten foot shark, but authorities said it was li- unlikely it was that shark because this was too far inland, right? Mm-hmm. That evening and into the night, there was just all these people going nuts. They were like throwing dynamite in the water, like blowing up things, anything that moved. They're like shooting it. <laughs> it's like some frogs, like ah. <laughs> It's just, it's just, crazy. just like the native wildlife is like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the hell? So they were just like assassinating any movement or any life. And they put a $100 bounty on the shark. And that's like $2,300 in today's money. But still. But still. Yeah. I mean, I could use $2,300. So like any fishermen were like, yeah, I would, you know, it was incentive to catch the shark. Even um, president at the time, Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. Which, by the way, Wilson. So I always name my cats after president. <laughs> and I have a Wilson. So President Woodrow what fucking Woodrow Wilson. Why can't I talk? What, what, President what? President Wood <laughs> Woodrow <laughs> President Woodrow Wilson held cabinet meetings about the attacks, and they were he was telling them like you guys like to all the governments you know put up these chicken wire barriers in the water to stop the sharks. It's going to do it. Let me just say that if that's the worst thing going on in your administration is some shark attacks, like, yeah, that must have been a nice time. Well, but this is during World War One. Oh, that's true. So he had a lot going on. But this was just so insane so huge, that it yeah. made that national attention, you know, it made it there. So here's kind of the aftermath. There was a guy, his name was Michael Schleiser. And he was a lion tamer for Barnum and Bailey's. So he was also a fisherman. And he actually caught an eight foot great white shark in his net. And apparently the shark like really fought with him. They say it threatened to pull him and the boat under. Like the shark was like, I'm going to pull you under. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big freaking shark too, right? Yeah. So he said he beat it with a broken oar until it just died. Wait a minute. Yeah. I feel like that's a scene in Jaws. It is. But I don't think it worked. No. Yeah. And guess what? He was also a taxidermy man. Oh. So he taxidermied the shit out of that shark. But when, (laughs) before that, apparently, supposedly, and this is questioned, but they said Mm -hmm. he pulled 15 pounds of human flesh from the stomach of the shark, including bones that are believed to belong to a child. Did he, though? Did he, though? There's a lot of questions about that. Well, because the only children who got eaten were in the freshwater, right? Yeah. And that would have been a 
like you were saying, a bull shark. That was really just the one. Well, we don't know. Oh, right. right. We don't know. So okay. it's never been concern- confirmed if it's the same shark or if it's because there were s- it was so hot and there were just so many people in the water, right? But after he killed that one, there were no more attacks on swimmers along the Jersey Shore that summer. But it could have been because people were just like, oh, hell no, I'm not going in the water. Well, yeah. Like after that, no one's going to swim in those ponds or go in the water. You know, so everybody was like, well, he caught it. It's done. But could be a lot of other things Hmm. factored into that. So like I said, lots of debate whether it was a great white, the one he caught, or if it was a bull shark. Because as we know, bull sharks can swim from salt to freshwater, but not really great whites. Right. But some people say because it was a full moon during that period. So the tide was higher, which means there would have been a higher salt content Content. Mm -hmm. in the creek it would have been higher than normal so it could have sustained a great white or could it have been more than one shark well it seems like it i mean seems like it how far away was that other creek uh like 20 some miles 30 miles and how long in time well between the two that just happened quickly there was two that was only a mile and a half those ones that happened like yeah so those are the ones they're saying it could have been one bull shark could have been more multiple could have been the other shark some other evidence suggests that the type of bite was more likely made by a bull shark as opposed to a great white they're not sure there's lots of back and forth but the bites seem different like i said it could have been the increased presence of humans in the water mm-hmm. it's true that as worldwide you know as the human population increases so do attacks every year you know that's just kind of a given as we move into their Territory, habitat yeah. then that's just going to happen there's another shark expert that said that that was a shark year that's in quotes as fishermen and captains were reporting hundreds of sharks swimming in the mid-Atlantic region in the United States to try to make the facts as we know them conform to the rogue shark theory is stretching sensationalism and credibility beyond reasonable limits. The evidence is long gone and we will never know really if it was one shark or several, one species or another that was responsible. So a shark year, what is that? Is that like like when the like cicadas... You know, talking about like there's like the every 14 years, like I don't know because you know, there's also I read it's like, well, sometimes you have increases in abundance of a species if you have more people looking, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> like when I when I bought my orange car and then now I see orange cars all over the road, exactly. I don't know if it was just that there were more people in the water. And maybe mm-hmm. they recorded more sharks because more people were looking for sharks because this happened. So right. who knows? But let's talk about the sea turtle theory because yes. it's so freaking funny. And I read I this it. and I was just like, what? So in a letter to the New York Times, uh, Barrett P. Smith of Sound Beach, New York, which was like 135 miles away from the far side of Long Island, wrote, um, having read with much interest the account of the fatality off Spring Lake, New Jersey, I should like to offer a suggestion somewhat at variance with the shark theory. Scientists believe it is most likely that the shark was responsible and lots of people, though, believe it much more likely the attack was made by a sea turtle. Scientists have spent much time at sea and alongshore and have had and have several times seen turtles large enough to inflict just such wounds. These creatures are of a vicious disposition and when annoyed are extremely dangerous to approach. And it is a common theory that Bruder may have disturbed one while it was asleep or close to the surface. That's silly. Isn't that funny? Okay, let me just say that I've worked with a lot of sea turtles. Yeah. And they're they're not like that. They're 
I, I have <laughs> they, gone into the they ocean. They just swim away. They swim away. They just yeah. want to get away from you. Even on land, they just, I mean, the, they'll just, they just want to get away from you. Yeah. Just leave me alone is all they want. That's amazing. And I have been bit by a sea turtle mm-hmm. and it's not, and I've seen people get bit and it wasn't, they didn't get my skin because I, I had those booties on, like oh, yeah, those, yeah. yeah, water boots, but they just like nipped mm-hmm. the side of my shoe and it was, yeah. Yeah. They're sweet. The only turtle I've ever been afraid of, like legitimately like, okay, I got to be really careful here, yeah. is a freaking alligator snapping turtle. That's it. They're like really mean. Yeah. And as far as turtles go, they would be aggressive, but everyone else, they're mm-hmm. not aggressive. So. Yeah. Turtles. Come on. Come on. Anyway, That's ridiculous. It's just funny. I just thought it was funny. I'm like, really? A turtle can like rip your leg off? I don't think so. That guy's like, people... Listen, everybody. <laughs> listen, I'm pretty sure it's a sea turtle. I know what I'm talking about. It's like, what do you got to get sea turtles? Right? Anyway, so of the tens of millions of swivers who ventured into New Jersey seaside waters, only 15 have been attacked in the last century. It's a threat, lifeguards say, but one perhaps built to be larger in the mind than in the sea. That is probably how people feel when I talk about not wanting to fly in airplanes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like people are always like, well, you're driving a car every day. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, airplanes are scarier. The idea... Bolting through the air in a tube. Yeah. The idea of being eaten by a shark is frightening. Yes. But on planes, you get to like, they give, you know, you get some food, you watch some movies. I'm into it. You can drink a little, go to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I just don't think about those things. So they say more people die of bee stings every year than shark attacks. Jeez. And you know what? The ocean is where they live. This is true. And we're getting out in there. So it's a risk, but it's a very, very small one. Let's wrap it up here with um, that there are an estimated 100 million sharks killed each year. Not cool. Illegal and unregulated, unreported fishing, mm-hmm. shark finning, overfishing, capture as bycatch, meaning they're caught in nets. Right. Habitat degradation, climate change. They're targeted for fishing, you know, operations for a lot of different reasons. Uh, obvious one is the fish uh, fin or shark fin soup. Mm-hmm. See, this is why humans are number two on that list and sharks are not even on it. Yeah, exactly. People, and people just think that that it's OK because they're like, well, they're dangerous, but it's not. They're, they're not. They're and not. it's not okay. Yeah. They're sold for their meat. Their liver oil is like a pseudo vitamin and supplement pills. They're used as pet food, the cartilage, meat, and skin oh. for cats and dogs. Cosmetics, you can find squalene can be found in moisturizer, sunscreen, lipstick, and eye makeup. So look for that. S-Q-U-A-L-E-N-E. Don't Thank you. buy it. Fish meal, they can be fed to farmed animals. Shark species take between 13 and 30 years to reach sexual maturity. That's a long freaking time. time. That's like sea turtles. They take like 25, 30 years. The slow growth rates combined with all this other bullshit is making it very, the putting all the sharks in a very vulnerable position in the ecosystem and the population is declining rapidly. And we rely on them. Like they are, like you were saying, a keystone species. They're a keystone species. We need these. We mm-hmm. need them. So some shark species have declined by 99% Jesus. in the last 30 years. And that's according to the IUCN. At least a quarter of sharks and ray species are now qu- classified as threatened. We have mm-hmm. one here in Guam. Right. Yeah, the scalloped hammerhead. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Only 50% of known species have been assessed, meaning that we need to do a lot more. So basically, go out and be a shark biologist. They need you. 
And so it's impossible to tell like a true impact on global shark populations. They made it 450 million years, just like sea turtles. I've given this talk on sea turtles. They made it through all these mass extinctions and now right. we're just wiping them out. Way to go, people. Shark finning, if you're not familiar with it, it's overfishing of sharks and it's cruel, it's unsustainable. And basically what they do is they catch sharks, they cut off their fins and they throw their bodies back to the ocean while they're still alive. Oh, wow. They're mutilated, unable to move, and they endure a slow and painful death by either suffocating or bleeding to death or being eaten alive by other marine animals. Mm. Lovely. Let's think about that. Millions of them. And there's been how many attacks? Right. The vast majority majority of shark fins are used for this delicacy known as shark fin soup. It's something that's been around for a long time, and I'm not really sure why it's not Stopped. why we still have to have people right. still have to have this. It's you know it's traditionally held. It's part. It's like got cultural significance, and I mm -hmm. get it. But let me tell you that sea turtles and eating sea turtles is part of cultural significance to a lot of the Pacific Islands, and yes. they stopped right to conserve the species. Well, because if you continue to consume it beyond its ability to uh, survive or reproduce it's or whatever, it's going to be gone. And then you don't have that tradition anymore. That part of your culture is just gone. Peace. Yep. But if you try to conserve the species, maybe right. you could bring that back on for traditional events or, you and know, on some limited... <sighs> freaking not do it in such an inhumane way they think that can that eating the soup has health benefits but uh -huh. there's no scientific evidence to support this on the contrary there's such a risk associated with consuming shark products because they have high levels of mercury and other dangerous toxins good so times. maybe if enough people eat the shark fin soup and then die from mercury poisoning stop <laughs> is that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's this whole like luxury items, desire for luxury items in China, and that's just increased. And this is one of them. So every year, 100 million sharks are killed. 73 million are killed just for their fins. Sharks cannot reproduce fast enough to survive the current rate of killing and consumption, period. Right. Done deal. Let's stop it. So here's what you can do for Let's our beautiful listeners out there. There's a bunch of different shark conservation organizations I just kind of picked one because I thought um, they had a lot of good stuff. It's called the Shark Stewards. So that's sharkstewards.org. And their mission is to restore ocean health by saving sharks from overfishing and the shark fin trade and protect protecting critical marine habitat through the establishment of marine protected areas and shark sanctuaries. And look them up. That sounds cool. Yeah, but there's a bunch of other ones anyway. And I'll post all the links. And Megan, what are you putting in your emergency preparedness kit to avoid getting eaten by a shark yes ma'am i mean i feel like most people who are attacked are just they're just surfing they're just going out on bodyboard i mean they're not doing anything to like i said the mostly attacks are unprovoked as far as being attacked right, right? well jen i think an inflatable pool if you're really hot <laughs> like if you really need to get in the water just f the ocean f altogether. the ocean just stay out of there. You don't want to get eaten by a shark? Don't go where they live. Yeah. Get an inflatable pool. Put it in your yard. Get one of those little inflatable cup holders. Yeah. Fucking make a drink. Do it. Just chill. Just float around in just there. Just float around in there. Just lay in it. You can wear all the the sunscreen you want because you're not worrying about like... Yeah. Put on all that oxybenzone. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> do it in your little pool. Yeah. 
You're not worried about, you know, like harming the, the reefs. You're not stepping on any corals and reefs. You're not doing, you're just, right. yeah. And it's like, you don't even really need, you don't need to get in your car and go anywhere. It's right there in your backyard. Perfect. Done and done. Got it. Inflatable pool with a drink holder. With a drink holder. Definitely. The floaty drink holder. The floaty drink holder. That's a sure way to avoid shark attacks. Definitely. And you're not in a pool by yourself where there's vents. Where That's right. Where they can come out and get you. Where they can come you. out and get you. <laughs> That's why I'm saying inflatable pool. You don't want to go into one of those like, you know. The real pool. The real kind pool. Yeah. Definitely Jaws in there. For sure. And as much as we know that Jaws didn't help the sharks, it's still a great movie. It is a great movie. Yeah. Go see it. Yeah. You know, sharks are just living their lives. They're just doing their thing. They're just trying to keep on swimming. Yeah. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. (laughs) Cool. That was a great story. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It's a wild ride. That's a wild ride. Those poor 11-year-old factory workers. I know. I know. Thank mm. God things are a little better now, 105 years later. That's true. You don't true. have to take a train to get to a hospital 30 miles away. <laughs> Good Lord. Right. Uh, thank you, Jen, for that story. And make sure to check us out on all the things, website, podcast places, all the stuff. But until then, don't die out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.